Adoption Now, telling your adoption story, sharing real stories of the joys and challenges of adoption. Now, here's the host of Adoption Now, April Fallon. Hi, welcome to Adoption Now, telling your adoption story. I'm your host, April Fallon. Okay, so we're going back to podcast only. You can find all of our podcasts at adoption-now.com. I'll be taking some time off this summer, as most of you have heard. My mom was diagnosed with throat cancer, so I'll be in Michigan for a few weeks helping her. But we have two great stories left before our break. Today, I'm excited to have Mrs. Franktown on the show. Welcome, Colleen. Thank you, April. So I am Mrs. Centennial. People are probably like, what are you talking about? These are Colorado cities, and I met my guests while we were both in the Mrs. Colorado pageant. Yes, we were. Makes me laugh how God works. Neither of us are pageant girls. It was definitely an interesting experience, wasn't it? It was very interesting. You are one of the greatest gifts that I received from doing this pageant. Oh, I love that. And I feel the same way about you. We both said yes to a fun opportunity and saw it really as a way to speak about our platforms. Not that we got to do that as much as we thought we would, but we met a lot of great people and I'm excited to meet you because as I was talking to you, I found out you're a birth mother. I am a birth mother. Now you have four kids. You help a nonprofit called Elevate 3 and 1. Your husband has yes. this crazy zoo at your house. I mean, you guys run a We do. A uh, what is it? A reptile he has an, an interesting hobby. He has uh, bred endangered species, uh, or they're very rare, I should say, of um, lace monitors from Australia. And he's one of the only people in the country that has had success breeding them. That is so awesome. You have giant bunnies. You sent yes. me this picture. I mean, I thought big was like, you know, I don't know, big in your hands. This one was like... The size of pounds. a child. Yes. And you're breeding though. So you have a lot of things going on and it was great to meet you because you're beautiful. You, you are successful and your story is so heartwarming. Thank let's you. talk about that today. So let's go back to when you were 17. Okay. I was 17 dating my high school sweetheart. We had been dating for a couple years and, um, He's really the only other person besides my husband that I was ever intimate with and really close to that way as far as dating. Um, and he came home from college to visit. He was in Pittsburgh. I was in Chicago. And I got pregnant at 17. Were you so scared? I was a little terrified, to be honest. I was probably more terrified of my mom because she was very strict Catholic. <laughs> Yes. And I was afraid of how she would react. I was like, oh, my goodness. So, um, but I'm very pro-life. I was pro-life right from the beginning. Okay. And, yes. So abortion was not an option. Never. Not one, Not for a second. Did you think, I can raise this child? I lived with my single mother and my special needs brother. Uh, my dad lived about 45 minutes away at the time. And I didn't want to raise a child in a single family home the way I had been raised. And as soon as I got pregnant, there was a lot of tension between um, my daughter's birth father, Dan, and I. And I just knew marriage wasn't going to happen at that time. Mm -hmm. And being raised in a single home with a special needs brother, I was always afraid to saying to my special needs brother, Bob, don't pick the baby up if the baby's crying or don't 
don't don't handle the baby. Mm-hmm. I was pretty terrified that he would pick her up and um, drop her. And I knew I'd be working at least one or two jobs, trying to go to school. And I just, being raised by a single mom, I knew that was not what I wanted for this precious child. So how long into your pregnancy did you think about adoption? I thought about it pretty early on, but the thought was kind of terrifying too, because right away when you're pregnant, you get attached. And Mm -hmm. um, so that was, you know, my heart was pretty broken at the time. It was really hard. How did you come to that decision? I started doing research and I started looking up different um, adoption agencies. I knew I wanted an open adoption. And so um, a woman came out and met me and started doing a little bit of counseling, sort of. It wasn't real counseling and brought me some Dear Birth Mother photo albums. So there were letters, sometimes from the birth father, or sometimes from the adoptive father, sometimes from the adoptive mother explaining who they were, what their home was like, um, how they would raise ultimately the baby Mm -hmm. at my child and um it was hard and and I didn't know how open or or if it would be just pictures or and um yeah it's hard to tell with books it is it is but the letters were um you know you just you know that these couples can't have children physically physically that's Mm -hmm. it there's just a physical and um, it's heartbreaking, you know, and, and and to be able to ultimately, like, give that gift to a wonderful couple and to have them become a family is pretty amazing. That is amazing. How did you find your family? <laughs> it's actually a really, really cool story. They're amazing. And um, so I babysat for a family on the next road over for quite a few years, and they had one precious little girl. And could not get pregnant again. During the time, they had a house fire, a grease fire in the house. And so their house had burned down. So they rented down the street. And so Joni, um, the, the adoptive mom, had had me come over um, to babysit. And I wasn't doing as much babysitting by then because I was a little bit older and I had another job. Mm-hmm. But I always loved Katie, so I always said yes to Joni. Now, I knew at this point that they had tried in vitro several times and I prayed for them my Mm -hmm. mom and I would sit together and pray that they would have another baby (laughs) so when I got pregnant I was like well I didn't quite mean that I want you know I was gonna be the vessel here but (laughs) there 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 it was so Katie was braiding my hair and just really kind of oh what is the word she just was kind of contemplating, braiding my hair, and she's like, gosh, I wish mommy and daddy could get a baby, but adoption's hard. There aren't a lot of babies Did available. she know you were pregnant? No, you couldn't tell yet. Oh, my goodness. I was about six months, but I was still pretty tiny. Um, and right then when she said that, I knew. It was like a thunderbolt, like from the Lord. I really, truly felt like, oh, my goodness, this is right. <laughs> So you hadn't picked another family from those books. They, not yet. They I did hadn't not contacted feel right. anyone. Right. Right. And so here you are having this aha moment. Mm-hmm. So when Joni came home, were you like, I need to talk to you? Absolutely. And she's like, what's wrong? Are you and Dan fighting? I'm like, well, yes, of course we are. <laughs> we're 17 and 19. Well, now I was 18, actually. I turned 18 in January. Um, so this was March. 
So I said, listen, I'm pregnant. And of course, she's like, where? <laughs> and I said, no, I'm six months pregnant. And I showed her because I had a big sweatshirt on. And I said, and I'm going to place my child for adoption. I'm not going to give my child up. I'm not giving it away. I'm mm-hmm. placing. There's a big difference there between mm-hmm. those terms. And I've always corrected people when they say, oh, you gave your kid up. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. no. I placed. I placed. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of thought, a lot of prayer, and a lot of love that went into that. Because you're a loving mother. <laughs> Thank you. So Joni started crying and said, what can I do? And I said, well, I'm going to go the adoption route, and I would love for you guys to adopt my baby. (laughs) She said, me? My house is a mess. I give Katie McDonald. I burned my house down with a grease fire. I'm like, I know, but I know the cousins. I know the grandparents, and you guys are so normal and so loving, and they should have had five kids. They're just the most amazing couple ever. And she said, well, Mike is out of town. And I went, oh, my goodness, I'm sorry. And she goes, but I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. Yes, we will. We'll, we will figure this out. And um, so she called the next day, and I was not home, and spoke with my mom and just said, Jeannie, how are you? And my mom broke down and just said, it's been hard. Um, but the grace of God has been here. <laughs> And Joni said that when Mike called from one of those big clunky cell phones in 1992, <laughs> the really big ones you had to plug into the lighter you know, in your car, car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. he actually had to pull over because he was crying so hard that they were going to have another baby. Wow. He is a big man. He's six foot six and just this like gentle giant and um, one of the kindest people you'll ever meet. Do and- you think that they were thinking... Maybe she's just feeling emotional. Like, is this really going to happen? No, I think Joey knew. Everybody knew. We knew. And, um, you know, there was a little bit of fear because they literally lived on the next road over. Um, And how open, how close, what are the boundaries going to be? But you know what? It was a silly worry because there never was an issue. There just never was an issue. And I went away to college a few months after I had her. So, um... So they knew that there was going to be some space so that they could bond. And and your mom was on board. What about Dan? He was absolutely on board. He was afraid a little bit that it was so close. And he um, wanted more of a closed adoption, pictures and whatever. But he was choosing a different way. You know, um, he was away in Pittsburgh most of the time. So I think when you're not involved in the day-to-day, it's a little bit different. But he was very supportive very supportive and and um i ended up getting pretty sick too while i was pregnant i got preeclampsia and i was hospitalized for a month and joni was just planting her garden at the time um chrissy's mom and she would bring me flowers from her garden just to cheer up my room Mm -hmm. it was amazing did you feel like they were extended parents to you as well absolutely their family they kind of took me under their wing they knew my situation and just showed such unconditional love and support. We have to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more to Colleen about what it was like to actually place her baby and what it was like days after. You're listening to Adoption Now. We'll be right back. Hi, this is April Fallon, the host of Adoption Now, telling your adoption story. We love all of your feedback, ideas for shows, and applications to be on the show. 
email us anytime at april at adoption-now.com. We would love for you to subscribe to Adoption Now podcast by clicking on the subscribe button on iTunes. Then you'll get a new story as soon as the podcast is released. Again, thank you for listening to Adoption Now. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Adoption Now, telling your adoption story. I'm your host, April Fallon. Today we're talking to Colleen, and we met at Mrs. Colorado. Yes, we did. And as I was talking to her, I found out she was a birth mother. And she's telling her story about how she got pregnant. She knew she was going to choose adoption. And the lady down the street that she babysat for wanted a baby and could not have children anymore. She had one. And she knew that that was going to be her family that she was going to choose. Let's talk about the days after that. Okay, so you decided you've got birth dad on on board. You've got your mom on board. Now what? You find an agency? No, we went through lawyers. They They had a family attorney, and so we went through lawyers. Unfortunately, when I had Chrissy, she was three pounds and sick, and I had preeclampsia, and I had started going into what they felt could be seizures. So they took her very quickly, a C-section, and she was three pounds. Okay, so when were you due? I was due June 7th, and she was born April 27th. Oh, my goodness. She was very early. She was, and then my high blood pressure from the preeclampsia would not go away after, so I was still in the hospital. And they had to move Chrissy and transport her to a hospital with a better NICU, neonatal intensive care unit, because she was not going to make it. Talk to us about that. They brought her in the room, and I, I had to sign papers saying that if she didn't make it on the way, they had my permission to transport her to another hospital, and they had sedated her. It was really hard. Her tongue was kind of hanging out of her little mouth, and she was so little. So I signed the papers right away, and then, of course, I called Joni and Mike, and I said, can you please get to the hospital now? I will do whatever it takes to make sure that you have permission to get in there with her right away because see, I was her mother I, legally. I had right. not signed the papers yet. Right. And they probably really discredited because I know as an adoptive mom showing up and I'm like, I'm the mom, but I'm not the mom. And so right. we aren't allowed in the room and it gets kind of weird. How did the hospital handle that? The hospital was amazing and my doctors were amazing and they um, called right away and said, listen, this is the extenuating circumstance these two people, Mike and Joni Sheck, are going to adopt this baby. You need to let them in. And the hospital is great. We we faxed over papers and got the paperwork done right away. And um, they never left her side. Isn't it a miracle that you chose them? Because can you imagine going through that with strangers? I know. No. I mean, you got sick a month before. You delivered a month early. Now you are transporting a baby that might not make it. I mean, that is very traumatic. It was very traumatic. Um, and they just loved me through it and loved her through it. And... um. She was in the hospital for over a month, and then the night before, and as soon as I got, as soon as my blood pressure went down, Dan and I went downtown and signed the papers immediately because I wanted their insurance to be able to kick in. See, they were paying cash every day that oh she was goodness. in. Oh, my goodness. No yes. way. Yes. It was, yes. And, and make sure, if you're listening to the story, I want to encourage you to make sure that's all settled before you go to the hospital. We did not do that either, mm-hmm. and we thought the lawyer had done that paperwork and when they handed us a $120,000 bill, right. we were like, what? She didn't have insurance? Wait, who? What? It was right. horrible. So you were very proactive as a birth mother, making sure that your baby was taken care of. Thanks. Yeah, it was very important. I mean, going forward and really looking at you know her medical needs and what she needed and what they needed, and, I, and I'm sure they have no experience 
no, with adoption. No. So they probably had no idea how amazing you were. But I mean, you're the birth mom we all want, right? Oh, the, one, the one that loves her baby and is trying to do the right thing. And we want to take care of and, and really bring you into our family. And it sounds like you have that relationship. And then your child, though it's um, an adoption story, was birthed out of complete love. Everything totally. was working together for this baby. Did you name her? God's hand was in it the whole time. There's no doubt. And, um, and that's where I drew my strength upon. Um, you know what? They ran her name by me because they really wanted Christina Rose. Rose was a family name. And um, we all agreed and I loved it. And then they decided to call her Chrissy. I had a baby doll when I was little that had adoption papers, not a cabbage patch, but this <laughs> beautiful doll. And I had named her Christina when I was a little girl. So it resonated with you. Yes. Amazing. It's just, it was amazing. And um, so the night before they were going to bring Chrissy home, she was well enough to go home. Sorry. Joni called my mom and said, Jeannie, why don't you and Colleen go to the hospital tonight and be with her before we bring her home tomorrow? I have that last kind of a goodbye. Mm -hmm. And so we did. My dad went too. And I sang her the little song I used to sing when I was pregnant. And um, one of the nurses said to my mom, it was one of the most beautiful situations they had ever seen in all the years of working in the NICU. They'd never been so touched by so much love surrounding this little girl. And um, just the thoughtfulness of Mike and Joni letting me go and mm-hmm. kind of say that kind of kind of yes. goodbye, even though it wasn't goodbye, just as as her birth mother in a way. And um, yeah, it was beautiful. That is a really special thing. And letting birth mothers have those moments with their child is really important. As an adoptive mom, it's not easy. I'm sure. It is not easy. But it's not your baby yet. It's your. It's the birth mother's baby. I always try to remind adoptive parents that to be very gracious in the whole process. Because I know you've put all the money in. I know you've done all the work. I know you've taken care of the birth mother. But that is not your baby until it's your baby. Right. And then it becomes a together baby, our baby. That's how we look at it. When we adopt and we bring the baby home, it's our baby. Now, I'm raising the babies. I'm mom. Right. But I include the birth mother as much as I can. And it sounds like they they knew to do that. And they loved you, really, really deeply loved you just as much as they loved this baby. I felt like they loved me as one of their own, truly. And and I really respect you as an adoptive mom, too. Um, Just... Having that compassion because it is, it's a very traumatic experience. However, I will say that our particular experience, there were no hard lines and no hard goodbyes. But at the same time, I really did respect their time to bond with Chrissy too. I didn't Mm -hmm. go over there every day. I didn't, I waited until they contacted me and, and, um, it just always worked out. I really did have to respect though, that I wanted them to bond with her. Let's talk about that. Okay, how long after she went to a different hospital did you know she was going to be okay? I would say about a week. Okay, they stabilized her and Mm -hmm. knew that she was going to be gaining Mm -hmm. weight. And Okay, so when she got discharged and you had these moments with her. Yes. And then you left. Let's talk about you. So after I left, I... um, Some of it's kind of a blur, to be honest. I think when you go through something traumatic like that, Maybe our bodies, our minds, our souls kind of have a way of taking us through it without all the detail, remembering all the detail. I know I got very focused on going back, you know, going to school in the fall. I was going to be going to the University of Dayton, which I did. And I did get my degree from there in broadcast journalism. Um, 
it was it it was really just it all happened fast i guess Mm -hmm. the summer went by very quickly i worked i was with friends a lot i was with dan her birth father chrissy's birth father and um but i did I, i i graduated and i had all a's and b's and i was accepted um to quite a few schools but i chose dayton and um I went and, you know, the only thing I do regret is that I didn't get counseling after Mm -hmm. I really didn't focus on finding a counselor when I got to school. And when you've gone through something like that, I think birth mothers, you know, I would love to encourage them to get help afterwards, Mm -hmm. to find another birth mom that you can relate to, that you can talk to and say, yes, I feel that too. Or did you feel this? Or, you know, when you, when you actually, when I signed the papers downtown Chicago, that day, that day was very, very clear to me. I couldn't eat. Um, and they took Dan and I in separately. And they ask you some really hard questions. Is the family buying your baby? How did you feel when you say goodbye? And they do want to be careful of that, obviously. Mm-hmm. They want to make sure you're not going to change your mind. Oh, absolutely. And I knew I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I absolutely knew. But did you kind of want to any time in those months? I know you wouldn't have done it. But did you feel oh, like, course. no, I want my baby back? It, no, not not like that. It, it, it was more before I had her that it was like, am I really going to have the strength to do this? Mm. Because you're so attached. But once I saw Joni at the hospital with her, when I, um, when I was able to get out of the other hospital, um, now I knew, I knew that the love was so. You're so strong. I mean, even through that time and you're only 18 years old, you know, those moments where you have just gone through a loss, it's natural to want to fix that loss. Right. Even though it might not be right, but you think, well, maybe I could or maybe I should have. But you didn't have any of that? I really didn't. Um, as I said, I just there were so many people praying for us and so much support, not only um, from family, but friends. And um, so we were able to get through it and I was able to get through it. But I would encourage any birth mom to get get help. Find a support group because it's so good to be able to relate to one mm-hmm. another through a tragedy. What do you think would have changed if you would have gotten that? I I almost feel like right when I went to school, I almost like ran from it. I didn't want to face the emotions that I was going through. And your hormones are still kind of crazy, too. Um, I think it would have been good to just have someone, you know, that says, I get it. Mm -hmm. I get it. And just to have that support. Instead of stuffing that story. Stuffing it. Because you don't want to say it because, you know, other college kids don't have that same story. And so you kind of don't talk about it. How long after until you met your husband? So I had her on April 27th. And then Dan and I broke up on New Year's Eve the following year. And we kind of got back together, broke up, got back together. So then I met John my sophomore year in December. And we were together ever since. And you got married. Right after college. three more children. I did. Two boys and a girl. So talk to me about that first baby that is going to be your baby that you're going to raise. Yeah, it was it was pretty emotional and and John knew when he met me because we had gone to the same high school even though he was four years older so John knew what I had been through when he met me that I'd placed a baby for adoption um so he shared in that emotion with me of yes I get to bring this one home and raise him and it was beautiful it was it was a really healthy pregnancy too um I was able you know I had a cesarean with Chrissy and I was able to have natural childbirth with all three of them which was really cool um but yes, it was very emotional. And then we had another one, Liam, and it was another boy. And I'd always really wanted to raise a daughter. You know, mm-hmm. that was kind of that loss of not being able to 
be mom, to raise her. So when we found out I was having a girl, I kind of felt redemption from God, mm-hmm. almost like redeemed that he's like, you know what? I will reward you one day for doing what you did and having the strength to do what you did. And, and it's really neat because Chrissy's close with all three kids and she and Emmeline really have a special bond. And so to watch Emmeline's your little, my girl. little girl, okay. so Jack, Liam and Emmeline and, um, thanks to Mike and Joni for treating me like one of their own family members. My kids have with John, with my husband have been able to know their biological half sister and be really close with her. And they, they've never, they, it's just been like family. I can't explain it. It's just been a beautiful, beautiful thing. We hear that a lot about open adoption. You know, it's such a new thing for so many families mm-hmm. and it's scary it is. and it's confusing and, and it's confusing to us as a, adults And then we think our kids are going to be confused, but we hear so many stories about how amazing everything is and how families come together and it works out. We're going to talk a lot more about that next week because next week you are bringing Chrissy on. Yes. How old is she now? She's 26. She's 26 years old. Oh my goodness. And we're going to talk to her and we're going to talk about what it was like to know your birth mother while you're growing up and how what how those roles worked out and what she thought about it and how she felt about having half siblings and all those great questions that everybody has for open right. adoption situations. But thank you so much for coming on Colleen and sharing thank your you. heart and your story. It's so beautiful. Well, you really are such you. a beautiful person inside and out. Thank you. You are too. Don't forget to like Adoption Now on Facebook. And remember, all of our podcasts are available on iTunes. Thank you for tuning in to Adoption Now. I'm your host, April Fallon. See you next week. Thanks for tuning in to Adoption Now. If you'd like to tell your story or for more information about Adoption Now, visit the website at adoption-now.com. You can also find them on Facebook or Instagram. Join us next week as we bring you another adoption story.